0: hello everybody and welcome back to the sloppy lab uh i'm jt russell and with me tonight is uh the man who doesn't care if you've got enough amber for a three four five or even seven keys because he's got his timothy the damned and <laughs> couldn't care less about your amber <laughs> uh, and of course talking about quick draw three four five seven hello quick draw
1: hey how are you guys doing tonight
0: doing well doing well and uh and what uh, the third musketeer, uh, <laughs> rounding out our cohort of sloppy lab workers that made it down to the Vault Tour this past weekend, uh, St. Russell, my baby brother. How are you doing, St. Russell?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. happy. I was happy to join both at the Vault Tour, and it's, it's great to be back on the show. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Right on, right on.
1: It's not like you're a guest. You're one of us. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to thank us every week. Uh, it's,
2: uh, I, get, I get allowed to get joined you guys in the cast. It's definitely a privilege. <laughs> well,
1: it was a privilege hanging out with you guys last weekend. Um, I went into the, uh, the weekend literally not having met any attendee in, in person, like ever. And mm-hmm. so it was pretty cool to hang out with a bunch of really awesome people, in particular the Russell brothers. I had a great time and uh i can't wait to do it again next time mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely it was a great experience it's great community and it was really nice to meet you in person quick draw and hang out so i definitely really it definitely resonates with me although seeing jt russell i mean he snores pretty badly so it's kind of <laughs> tough sharing that day with him. <laughs> just, hey. just, just kidding hey hang just on like when you're kids
1: right just, <laughs> yes
0: hang on a second uh i'm gonna start a new recording i think the uh i think the 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 ZenCaster thing died on us i gotta kick it off again all right here we go here we go there we go he was not kidding i was not kidding i was not kidding i
2: thought you were joking too i was
1: like he just doesn't like to be made fun of tonight i guess
0: no no make fun make fun of me all you want yeah the uh the chat saw it we're uh we're our recording session died and we didn't know it. So we'll probably have an intro that's like extra sloppy, you know, pulled from the, uh, pulled from the videos, audio, or we could just redo it. Redo the intro. I don't know.
1: Fix it in post.
0: We'll fix it in post. Mm. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Snores like a bear. We don't have to say those nice things about each other again, (laughs) do we? save it for next Vault tour save it for the next yeah. one
1: <laughs> what's up fudginator data stream thank you guys for jumping in yeah
0: welcome to the chat <laughs> sloppiest oh, intros gum. on brand
2: <laughs> yeah, it's only sloppy when i join the stream though so i appreciate you gentlemen <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so uh well what are we what are we talking about tonight what are we talking about tonight more evergreen yeah, strategic content
1: no, <laughs> we, we ran out of that stuff like 13 episodes ago.
0: 13? We I was say like 47.
1: You know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's maybe true. Uh, we are here to talk about this past weekend. I think as everyone wants to hear more about it, um, like you had said, we were lucky enough to all be there, uh, talk about the experience, and kind of share it with you guys. Uh, if anyone watching right now live on Twitch has some questions for us, we're happy to take some questions from the chat and kind of talk about. Um, anything you guys want to know about the weekend as well. And we have a, a number of notes and, and things we'd like to share too. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So, you know, uh, this will be a, a nice a nice conversational retrospective, as it were. Uh, some highlights, some of the drama, some, you know, anecdotal sort of meta-analysis type stuff and our thoughts for what's next and uh, how things went. But yeah, we're going to hop in and, and like what was saying, fire off those questions in chat. Uh, oh first question already how were the beds split up and why was one person on the floor uh i'm not going to tell you how the beds were split up but i will say that no one was on the floor <laughs> <laughs> TMI, murph maybe next <laughs> time next time
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and the on the sloppy lab work server we've got uh many many a photo of uh of hotel bedroom uh games being played with keyforge cards mm. yeah yeah so very fun very fun um but anyway (laughs) highlights highlights indeed uh you hit on one already quick draw i mean uh for me uh like spending time with both of you i would have loved it obviously if we had more of our teammates there i mean such Mm as such as life when you've got an international team right things are tricky um but be that as it may you know hanging out with you both and meeting so many folks who i have you know seen their names seen their handles on uh on Discord for years, and not met, not many of them in person, or at least if I had, you know, before I, you know, n- knew to put face to name, um, that was that was super super awesome highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really want to start rallying folks off because I'm going to miss somebody, but it was it was absolutely top highlight for me of the weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, the community in person is just as awesome as they seem online. Um, yeah. We've known for a number of years now that the online keyforge community is second to none, and in person is no different. Must say it.
2: Yeah, I do. I do have to make a note, though. There were new players in the crowd that also, you know, reiterated <laughs> those points. That you know, the key keyforge community truly is a really nice community, and it is uh, not just what people say online, but we are in person very nice as well. So it was very very nice to hear that from uh, new players who were joining the event. Totally.
0: What, what would you guess was the mix of kind of old guard versus brand new folks? Um,
2: uh, I, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you guys go ahead. <laughs>
0: he doesn't know. <laughs> what do you think, Quick Draw? <laughs> I don't have any idea.
1: I, I, like I said, I, this is the first time I've met most of those people. I recognized some yep. screen names. I would go around asking for screen name and real name uh, just yeah. to see if it's a name that I would recognize. Um, I don't really have a good um, like guess of, of what the ratio of new to old was but there was mm-hmm. definitely a lot of new players uh which was yeah. super cool. I think they yeah. they definitely attracted some new people.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I at least two of my opponents in the main event were either brand new or were uh returning after after a hiatus of their own. Um so that was pretty mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool. Um uh at least two and other you know, folks who were kind of forthcoming with that info. I definitely a handful of names that i recognize you know the ghost galaxy folks are building their own or ha- had built their own or contracted for their own tournament kind of software that players use during the event i, I hope that's right i'm not misspe- misspeaking um yeah i and, believe it was
1: their, their own. Yeah. Yeah.
0: right and uh and it used, used your master vault username when uh when showing pairings so those are very often as it turned out um the same as folks discord handles um mm-hmm. Not too surprising, and it was very cool to see, you know, hey, like you're matched up with this person on Discord who y- you know, and you like know that immediately and and it's not like uh, I don't know this uh, a name that you may or may not recognize, and then you have that like ten minutes of con- well, maybe the ten minutes of conversation to figure out that it's a person you know is fun, but <laughs> it was yeah. it was kind of cool to see the name right there and be like, oh, I'm playing against uh, Southerly elf or'm i playing against yeah. Cat Marrow, you know, yeah, so yeah. that was pretty cool.
1: Uh, The tournament software they're making is going to be really cool. And it's definitely going to be a highlight. It's still in beta and Mm -hmm. it worked pretty well, almost seamlessly. There was a couple rounds where it it didn't work. Um, But I also asked if it would be something that would be used locally, like instead of Gem, and it sounded like that was the plan eventually. Um, Mm -hmm. They didn't have a timeline on that, but it's going to be, I think, pretty easy to run events uh, at your local friendly gaming store uh, with this software eventually, which is, I think, really cool. Um, easier to use than gem and having someone like logo laptop there and log into gem and deal with the random SOS standings that gem used to give out where it just made no sense at all. Uh, So hopefully this, this is going to be some good software for local players to use as well.
0: (laughs) Question from the chat of is if this software will ever leave beta and uh, yeah, three, three years (laughs) minimum is my, is my, yeah, I think Gmail is still in beta. So that's, that's how they do it. That's how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The software was was cool. Uh. Early days. Early days for it. And bold of them to roll it out. Um. Uh. For the first for the first vault tour, returning with with some rough edges still, but it worked well. You know, worked well uh, for what they needed it to do. I thought. Um. Mm -hmm. And kind of hinted that they're you know taking seriously you know a larger infrastructure for running key forge events which is pretty cool too and something that's fully integrated which is also nice um and you know maybe indicates that uh they recognize some of the issues that Gem had and are trying to trying to correct that which is cool too
2: yeah 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 i think it's great to, to know that they have a larger vision for the tournament structure or at least it's a priority for them so you know as it's a continue, always a work in progress, but that future events will be very well organized. So that's something that's very much to look forward to, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I certainly hope so. And, and I guess uh, kind of on a similar vein of um, organization or, or kind of putting that effort in, uh, on Friday when we arrived, we found out that the shipment of product that Ghost Galaxy was hoping to have on hand, on site, for the sealed event on Friday had not arrived, right? So we are kind of like, oh boy, oh boy, there's there's there are no decks, there are no decks here. We're supposed to be playing sealed now. What's what's going to happen? Um, they they w- went out of their way and flew kind of last minute. Somebody got on a plane from the Ghost Galaxy headquarters, packed up decks from their you know private reserves or whatever, and uh, and shipped those out uh, you know asap to get them on site as quickly as possible so we could. So we could have some, some decks on site to play with, which was, uh, I, I appreciated. it. I mean, it would have been really easy to say, oops, guys, guess what? It's all Archon events this weekend. There's going to be no sealed. Um, and and uh, they could have, I don't know, <laughs> easily done that. And it would not may not have gone well, but that, that could have been a thing they did. And they, to their credit, went the extra mile uh, to get those out yeah. there. And that was really appreciated.
1: Yeah. yeah, and they got there yeah. by like 6 or 6.30 on Friday night, which was in time for us to play a nice uh, Alliance Sealed evening Friday night.
2: Yeah, I think it shows definitely shows the dedication to the community. So that was very nice to see because, you know, I got there at 3 p.m. and then I heard about the announcement, but just to know that they flew someone in and we were still able to play a Sealed event later that day definitely speaks volume, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: yeah though they, they certainly left, uh, left a lot of money on the table uh, with this one. I mean, like... <laughs> and and interesting i'm not i'm not sure if they realize quite how much product they would have sold if they had it on hand i mean uh i i probably pestered them you know six times each day to be like hey you ready to you ready to sell what you got left you know and they're like yeah we're giving people a chance to get the rationed allotment first uh because they had some left over after running sealed events they were gonna you know uh, give folks a I'm chance. I'm super glad the they good.
1: did. You know, like mm-hmm. it was good to give everyone a chance because we played a lot of sealed. Well, we mm-hmm. played the three uh, three deck sealed Friday night. And then Sunday um, when we were not competing in the top cut, there was a lot more sealed going on. You guys mm-hmm. said you enjoyed some Unchained Sealed. There was a lot more Woe Sealed happening that day. So mm-hmm. I was very thankful that they kind of held off from just like saying buy whatever you want on Saturday because um, it was a lot of fun yeah. Sunday to play more sealed.
2: Yeah, definitely. But definitely to your point, JT, that they left a lot of money on the table. I'm pretty sure whatever amount of Woe they brought, they probably would have sold. And that could have been a, quite a large volume. if they had, uh, yeah.
1: so. And not just Woe. Not yeah, just Woe. True. They <laughs> sold out of Unchained. And yeah. uh, they obviously sold out of the exclusive Vault Masters decks that they mm-hmm. brought as well. Which yeah. I think they anticipated those would be popular. Uh, and they were correct, but they would have they they could have brought any number of those, and they would have sold every single one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that was a spicy edition for sure for the tournament. Very spicy. Indeed. Spicy
0: edition
1: prize for sure.
0: And they yes. they packed some up to take home with them. They I think they had some left, but maybe not enough to really distribute. Um,
1: and again, I appreciate that still too because I I want as much equity as there can be, and I don't want like. If, mm-hmm. they have, if they want to save these for the next Vault Tour and make sure that they have enough for those groups, especially since they announced more Vault Tours yesterday, then yeah, I'm all in favor of, of holding those back. And uh, I think everyone ended up with two. I don't know if anyone was able to squeeze out more than that. Uh, I hope everyone got two, um, but they, were, they became available um, on Sunday, I think, to buy one additional one for each. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Quick And it was enough to tease, it was enough to play around with and generate some excitement. But definitely looking for there to be more available at a future event and also for all of our international friends as well. So definitely I'm um, in favor of equity. So absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. But how about the sealed again? Like, let's, let's talk about some more highlights with the sealed because you guys really loved the Unchained Sealed, didn't you?
2: That was actually my first time playing Unchained Sealed, and it was a lot of fun it was very much fun i opened the seal, the unchained deck that i opened had three giant sloths, and i just, <laughs> i had a lot of time just not doing anything you know pitching untamed cards and then generating nine amber it was great that's, it was that's how
1: sloppy lab work likes to <laughs> roll we just like to discard cards yeah that it's perfect like him-
2: the embodying me in an untamed creature. I love it. Says <laughs> uh, so the person who's
1: probably in the best shape of any of us. Hey,
2: it's, a, it's a gorilla holding a tree. He's just particularly lazy. So okay. <laughs> um,
1: mm-hmm. I, uh, I didn't play any Unchained Seal this weekend, but I have played it before. And My favorite way to go with that is blind, where you don't look at your list before you play. And so you're mm-hmm. just drawn through your deck and you just see like, eight mavericks and you just like have no idea what to expect <laughs> to me like it it makes it so much fun i think that's probably my favorite way to play on chain yeah
2: I, yeah I, I definitely that's very true that would have been so much fun just to oh you know see the first giant sloth and then see two more after and be like what the heck is going on here <laughs> well
0: if yeah. it makes you feel any better i saw the first and then i saw the next two and i said what the heck is going on here <laughs> as you were playing the them. fourth
1: one would have just been like oh, oh that would have no. been it
0: Actioning for nine each turn. And then has the audacity to borrow my blorp Hive. Like, I'm over here like, Oh, blorp Hive and Soul Snatcher. This is going to be great. Steals my blorp Hive. And then... And then this cheater tries to convince me that he can make blorbs with my blorp yeah. hive. Mm-mm. Get out of here, my man. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> it, says,
2: like... it, says, it says action: make two blorb tokens. I don't know what to tell you. It's on the card. <laughs> you okay? guys, it's on, it's on the card. I want <laughs> to take the to, be honest, to leave after I, your I fight? borrowed it. I didn't steal it from you. I borrowed it from you. Okay. Yeah, I I borrowed. Did you
1: ever buy. read the card? It's got quotes around it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm just telling you. I don't know what to say.
0: just uh, like we borrowed not tonight from can't touch
1: this (laughs) (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. well we straight up stole felden crusader yeah
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. the gloves were off at that point i don't know yeah Yeah. (laughs)
1: um i love the woe sealed i mean we i played three of that on friday um three or four of that on sunday it was a ton of fun too um sealed in general we all know sealed is just amazing and woe is turns out a great sealed set i think uh, leaves a lot of agency to the players, whether or not you're mm-hmm. playing Alliance or not. Um, I thought that you know the token was helpful. Uh, I I didn't have what did I have? I think on Sunday um, I played a fish on Friday night, and then Sunday I had the Cultist Primordial Vault, mm-hmm. which is a very good one as well. Um, but I went up against Berserkers and, and was able to hold yeah. my own. Um, mm-hmm. Only loss came against JT's Cultists, Cultist on Cultist violence there.
0: Cultist on Cultist violence. That was weird. We had two. I thought for a moment we had three cultists in our pod. Um, in our pod of, I also uh, a, yeah. You thought you had a cultist, but it was a cleric or no, no, it was a, a priest. Priest. Oh, a priest, a priest. A priest. priest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very similar but yeah. artwork.
0: But at one point we had we had two twenty-five power monsters on the board staring at each other. Quick draw, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that with was a, fun. With a whirlpool between with a whirlpool. them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. With a whirlpool. <laughs> staring uh, you, staring at each other either side of a whirlpool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you pulled off some whirlpool shenanigans on me in a closed door negotiation. So mm-hmm. uh, nice. it, was a, nice. it was a good game. Um but uh yeah, so on Sunday what they ended up doing was uh this this was nice too. It was it was more casual. Um they had sealed pods as they called them and you could kind of just like show up when you wanted we showed up at like 9 45 or so and there was already like tables and tables full of people playing seals we thought it was going to start at 10. turns out they just had pods and it was just like you show up you sign up and once they get eight people they say all right you eight or a tournament go play over there um which was pretty cool so you you didn't have to be there like right at registration time on sunday morning There was always people looking for games i thought that worked out really well
2: yeah yeah, I thought it worked out really well, too. And um, yeah, and I was just happy that they were facilitating events on that Sunday. So we were able to watch the finals of both events and then also have a chance of fun games. So I thought yeah. that was very nicely done.
1: Uh, turns but, out I met a local on Sunday, someone from Pittsburgh, just like me, who drove out on Friday morning, just like me, and drove back Sunday <laughs> evening, just like me. We'd never met before, and we're going to be getting together for our, uh, our locals and hopefully for the Woe release at the end of july or early august whenever that happens so i got to meet another local person there as well which is pretty
0: cool quick try every every time we went someplace and you said oh pittsburgh blah blah blah," there would be somebody there without fail that yeah. would go oh i'm, I'm from pittsburgh <laughs>
1: yeah no we were talking about this and uh we we got in the elevator and i i said something along those lines and there was a guy who was like oh hey i'm originally from pittsburgh and i was like see like yeah like uh everywhere you go there's always someone there from pittsburgh and that guy gets out and the next guy comes in and heard me say that and he's like hey i'm from pittsburgh too." <laughs> it was just like one after the other uh and that wasn't even the person that i met on sunday who is still lives in pittsburgh so there were apparently four yinzers there over the weekend wow
0: four wow. yinzers there indeed mm-hmm. so pretty cool so quick draw, i met some locals the local scene grows just had to go out to uh out to philly to make it happen I guess it makes it, you're not you're not that far. How long did it take you to get there? Five hours. Five or
1: hours or so.
2: Yeah. Okay. So that'd be, that's a decent drive.
1: It's my it's the max that I can tolerate in the car. Yeah. But yeah. it was better than a six hundred dollar flight.
2: True. Very
1: true.
0: I once I once drove I think ten for a magic event, but uh, I'd probably fly these days. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the there was a group that from Maine that also went down, including a, a second act and a, a number of the weekend folks, team weekend folks. Um, they made a good time. I think they did it in seven hours, um, seven ish hours. But my my return
1: about as long as it. I was going to yeah. say it's about as long as it took you. <laughs> as long as it took all, me. All oh the man,
0: there was there was <laughs> storms. A lot of folks were delayed. Yeah. Um yeah. But in any event, uh, yeah, travel travel plans and and travel woes. Uh, not as exciting as the actual actual uh, Windex Winds of Exchange, I guess. But um, so yeah, Unchained sealed big highlight for me. I had a lot of fun. I didn't think that the Unchained Zemes were going to be quite as much fun as they were. Um, but yeah, that was a blast. Uh, and also another highlight: uh, the TTR folks for streaming the 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 entire the event both days, getting those feature matches in, uh, letting it be sort of a more you know, community event that extended beyond just the hall walls was was really was really cool. So appreciated that a yeah. lot.
1: I didn't get to watch any of the coverage there, but um, it's all up in their Twitch page. Um, I heard they might even have a highlight page up there now um, with you know some of the best clips. Um, I got to check that out. I would recommend everyone else check it out too. Um, is it what is Twitch TV slash Tabletop Royale? I believe. Sounds right. Sounds right. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. go with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so um, that was really awesome. They could have the coverage. They actually had two tables, um, one for Archon, one for Alliance. And it was nice because if if the first game they were covering finished early, then they could switch over to the other one seamlessly and keep a lot of coverage going throughout the week. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. I,
0: I got to play on the second table for one round, which was a lot of fun, and my match went longer than the other one. So uh, I was actually paired up against... Uh, uh, uh one of the discord regulars, Southerly Elf in that match and we had our had the tail end of our game our game stream. They were they were really nice great player and a cool person to meet. Um so yeah, appreciated the TTR folks uh capturing that. Um uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, so other highlights you guys wanted to capture There's some juicy stuff to get into too, you know.
2: There's some
1: juicy stuff. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of juicy stuff to get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we had a great time and let's just, we, we will say that. So yeah. knowing that we, we wanted to get through the highlights and what we enjoyed about it. There was definitely some parts of it that was not as nice as, as the high points.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah.
1: Who wants to go first? <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah well, and this is, this is hard. Uh, this is, this is a uh, hard, hard, I guess, maybe, maybe for me or for us, I guess, because, uh, you know, we kind of started started doing this as a way to spread enthusiasm and and things. But, uh, you know, I don't feel like we could talk about a recap of the event and not, um, and not touch on, you know, the tournament structure in particular logistics around the tournament structure. So for folks who, uh, for folks who aren't in the know, there was a tournament was run as essentially a double elimination bracket. And, uh, that, that I guess begot a lot of, waiting a lot of waiting for matches to fire and also a number of buys for folks uh, especially in the bottom bracket bottom half of the bracket um i i think they did the same thing for Keyforge celebration a similar a similar double elimination bracket structure um a number of folks have said things about this already in various places um aurora on titanshapers.com wrote up a nice article uh, recently about some of the potential pitfalls with having double elimination brackets and some suggestions for improvement I'd uh, encourage folks to give that a read um, and I'd also encourage folks with uh, with thoughts or opinions on on the tournament structure to uh, to send some feedback through the ghost galaxy website uh, uh, on that yeah, um, yeah to definitely. put to, I guess to put it to put it plainly I, there was there was there was just too much, too much, too many buys and too much waiting around. Um, yeah, uh,
2: I think that, it, I don't know, it, it's hard to say. I think that like, it led to some feel-bads on either side of the coin, whether if you were playing the entire day, it was a very long day. Like we're talking, like it was like a 12-hour event, right? And then if you're waiting around a lot, it was also a lot of time between matches. So it was I, just kinda.
0: I don't mind a long day. Like I came to play Key Forge. If I'm playing a long day of Key Forge, that's cool like i signed up for this i'm also super happy to have time to mingle with folks and get to see folks um if that gets baked in i cool but preferably not you know during during kind of time where we should be playing to give you an anecdote uh it was my fifth round i believe i played against a brand new player um it was the second game that they played that day so this is round five this is their second game of actual play they lost and were done for the event. And this was seven hours after the tournament started. So it took them essentially seven hours to go 0-2 drop. Uh, and this is a, a brand new player. Um, and just like, oh man, like that is, that is a really a rough taste to leave somebody with at their first experience. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: That was probably like by like, what, three o'clock, four o'clock, which is? Uh,
0: it was uh, maybe maybe even later. Yeah, about th- yeah, three o'clock three o'clock thereabouts. So like
1: they had the second Amber events going and I don't know much about how those went. Um, But I think at that point they're like already, you know, underway. And so Mm. they only played two games and still couldn't even join the second Amber from the start, which is not how that's supposed to go. I don't believe Um, there was a, there was an extra drop in there though. So what happened was, and I I lost my first game as well. And uh, the way they had the bracket set up is that, It was just literal bracket so it was uh, a lot of buys on the top and bottom some people had a buy in round one um but when you you lose your first game random people move to different parts of the bracket depending on where you are because it's all randomly seated so i guess i was a random higher seed so that whenever i lost my first game i actually moved forward in the losers bracket further Mm. than other people did Mm -hmm. and round two I was given a buy and did not expect that I you know I thought like okay well I I thought 99 players someone's gonna get a buy each round is what I was thinking like with a Swiss mindset for it I had a buy round two I had a buy round three which was a huge shock to me I had no idea that I could have gotten two buys in a row like that and just when I'm ready to like geared up to go again that there was a lunch break and so I went like three full hours without playing An organized game and i think i tried to play some pickup games in there but it's hard to do when you don't really know what to expect and uh there was it was all pretty closed about like who's playing and when they did not openly share the bracket i think for scouting purposes they didn't want people to be able to see like who you're playing and and check on their decks and think about strategy which is understandable but the there was no transparency about like how long are people like me and others going to be sitting around before we get to play another game again had I known it would be three hours, I would have probably, you know, tried to get in some second amber games or mm-hmm. more like, aggressively sought out, pick up games with other people. Um, I just really thought like, OK, like it's going to be a long day. I should just take this break and then I'll be playing next round again. But that wasn't the case.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think they could have been a little bit more transparent about at least when your next round you will be playing in. That would have been helpful. For, every, for a lot of people throughout the tournament. Because there were some people that went won the first four games, lost their fifth game, and then didn't play until round 10. So they had like a seven-hour wait. And yeah. they were kind so, of sitting around waiting, you know? Yeah.
1: Even, so, yeah, even the winners were sitting around, like you said. And yeah. that's the part that kind of gets me is that they went 4-0 and to start, which is great. And yeah. they advanced all the way to round 10, which means they just needed to win their last game. They, they could go 5-1 and one and mm-hmm. they qualify. But then people that happen to lose in the first round, whether it's a bad draw or a bad matchup, or you're facing you know, one of the best players that were there, you, it's very possible to lose your first game. And in a Swiss yeah. event, it's like, okay, like that's going to affect my SOS because I'm going to play, play up. But you still have a chance. You're still playing every round. Everyone still has to win. The same number of games in Swiss to advance, whether that's like seven and one, if you're playing eight games, but in a bracket like this, that's not the case. And right. if you, if you won your first four, you could go five and one in advance. I ended up, if I were going to advance, I would have needed to go seven and one just because I lost my first game and that's counting my, my buys. I had two buys in there. I still would have needed to win seven straight games of KeyForge to continue yeah. to play on Sunday, yeah, which is you way tougher.
2: Yeah, and if you didn't get randomly seated higher, so further in the losers bracket, you could have potentially had to play eight or nine games to guess yeah. to make it to day two. So, yeah, yeah, very long, very long path indeed. In yeah, for some players.
0: Okay, well, I I don't want to belabor this too much. I mean, I I feel like we we could talk about this one for a little bit, but I I do I do hope you know, GG folks, if you're listening, uh, I know this is one this is one to think on. Please. Uh, and f- other folks, if you're listening, if you if you have feels, I think the best way to uh, send those in is through the contact contact form on the Ghost Galaxy's website, the Key Forge game website, um, KeyForging.com. Uh, we'll, we'll drop a link in the show notes for the for the feedback form. Um, yeah, guess uh, the f- final thoughts on this is, I mean, I, I know there are there are there are reasons for doing a double elimination bracket. I think they're all they're all probably reasonable reasons um but i uh i think we kind of should swing i don't know I, w- I would encourage us to swing back more towards uh favoring giving folks you know more more game time play time versus uh versus wait time i think you know the things that we're giving up are uh are pretty significant in this practice structure but yeah yeah i don't know
1: yeah um, I think we, we're on the same page with that, I, and I, like mm-hmm. you said, let's let's not belabor the point. There was one other uh, pretty divisive um, event over the weekend. Um, even with the people that were in attendance, mm-hmm. um, we mentioned earlier that they created these exclusive Vault Master decks, which are super cool. It's really awesome to have this exclusive thing. You can that you know we knew we were the, the only people to ever get them. I was the second person to grab one. I tried to get in the front <laughs> of the line and did not make it. Um, <laughs> St. Russell was busy playing a double heavy subsidies deck, and I was like, you're never going to finish that <laughs> and you were like in the back of the line. And I was like, why are you playing that deck right now? Uh, but we got this deck, and um, <clears throat> it was a total surprise. Um, we did not know this was coming. We didn't know what it was. Um, and the way they explained it is that it is uh, kind of like a best of um, Key Forge, where it was all the houses that were in Coda, I think, but they took out Shadows and sanctum and they added in Starlines and sorry i think um there you oh, go you thank it. you yeah, I uh, go. it's a really sweet box if you could show the box as well jt mm-hmm. um it says like uh vault master 2023 on it i think mm-hmm. and so what it is is it's those seven houses that you just showed um and it is like kind of a lot of the favorite cards across all sets so it's sort of like an unchained um, but there is an algorithm with it. There's not a high rate of Mavericks. Um, there's no legacies because every card is from just a random set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the real kicker to this, that is the controversial point, I believe, is that they also declared that these decks are tournament legal. Yeah. So you can play them in vault tours. You can play them in your local organized play. You can play them anywhere you want. And I think that's the part that maybe people go like, whoa, like we have no idea what this is. Um, it's mm-hmm. like a big mashup of different things. And so we were all very eager to get our hands on them and see what was inside and uh, what is inside.
0: Yeah, well, like you said, yeah. I mean, there is there is sort of uh, appears to be a greatest hits mashup or unchained light uh, type decks. And we've seen a, a wide spectrum of kind of power levels or at least uh, SAS ratings. I, I don't know if too many games that have been played with them yet. <laughs> But there are, uh, there's been a wide range, and you know we've seen a lot of the very spicy ones bubbling up. Um, mine, the ones that I opened, the two that I opened, and the vast majority that I saw, I would call like cool souvenir decks, right? Um, yeah. There are definitely some that appear to be highly rated and look very, very potent. Uh, very some very strong logos houses in particular out there.
1: And uh, it's worth noting that every deck has either vault or master or both in the title. Mm-hmm. and uh everyone's decks that i saw had vault in the title except for <laughs> yours jt which <laughs> might explain why they're not as good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're the master of the windmill uh, <laughs> I, yeah
0: i got everybody's like oh my deck has vault in the name my deck is name I'm like uh, mine says doesn't master is a master a thing i don't you know master of, master of the windmill what does master. that mean Master of, the, master of the barony master of the windmill okay <laughs> <laughs> um, your, your deck name there, was awesome though quick draw especially for this weekend you had a great mine name
1: is pretty sweet it was uh Zhao Yan who spent six hours with bolts <laughs> and we were just it's like this fitting. is yeah. very fitting um but it's also a really spicy deck and uh it has so like they took a lot of the best cards and they put them in and it's not all 100 percent good cards because um, i did have a deck with like the uh the dark tidings chenille package of like the butterfly stuff which you know they're not they're not good cards um so it's not all good but i opened this the Yan, and it is it's got brig it's got two eddies it's got a library card it's got cronus it's got sutterkin and rocket boots and that's just the logos um it has like a pretty good star alliance package as well and so i'm like they're really like putting they're jamming a lot of really good cards in here and by saying that these are tournament legal you're like okay well you can only get these at vaults they are seemingly pretty like pretty juiced as far as power level goes um a lot of people all over the the world and and the country don't have access to these period and It's just very, to me, it's kind of worrying that you're going to introduce these decks like this that very few people have the ability to get, but the ones that do have a higher chance of getting a really powerful deck. And uh, we saw some other ones in there that were just like totally insane top to bottom. Um, Like you would put them into decks of Keyforge as a theoretical deck and they would show up as like 105 Saz. I've opened over 500 decks in my life and... One of these came out as an eighty-nine in that regard, which would have been the second highest deck I've ever opened, mm-hmm. and I only opened um, two of these things. Wow! So, like, I don't—I yeah. don't think I just got lucky. I think a lot of people are opening some pretty powerful decks here.
0: So mm-hmm. let's let's dig into this a little bit too, uh, and then we got a good question in the chat that I want to get back to. Um, do you feel like any of the decks that you saw, the highly ready ones included, are actually just better than you know? most of your other decks or most of the decks that you play against in, say, um, NKFL or, or even the Archon event.
1: So, I mean, we have to think about, like, we're looking at this from a SaaS perspective. So, like, that's not going to be a perfect representation of this deck is better than any mm-hmm. other deck that I have. Uh, but it is a very powerful deck and it's not it's not a broken deck. Um, I don't even think the the 105 that was posted is broken, per se. But to me it's about the expectation of like when you buy a deck you're supposed to like be able to anyone's supposed to be able to open any deck and have a chance to win and when you have the exclusive nature of these decks that increase the chances of you opening a stronger one to me that's not fair to the people that don't have access to this Mm because you can't just go to your local gaming store uh in other places or anywhere in europe and just and just buy one of these Um, you need to go to a Vault Tour, which means that you need Mm -hmm. to spend a lot of money on Keyforge to even have the ability to get one of these. And that, to me, is just another inequity that is not fair, and it's not in the spirit of Keyforge. Keyforge is about opening any deck you want and having a chance. And this Mm -hmm. feels like if you want to open a better deck, you can spend more money on it. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of discussion Mm -hmm. in the NKFL server about this, how it's like this is a step closer to Keyforge being like a pay to win from a retail perspective. And that's mm. I think the kind of thing that bothers me about it.
0: Yeah, I mean I see I see I see the concern. And I don't want and I'm not trying to try to like downplay it. Uh but let's let's play let's play what if for a minute here and imagine a different scenario. Imagine that you walked into the vault tour and they said, Hey peeps, hey Archons, uh we went out and we collected five awesome decks on the secondary market and we're going to raffle them off as door prizes, you know? So like five of the people, five of the hundred people here are going to like walk away with excellent decks. Cause thanks for showing up. And, uh, and, and, you know, you have to, you had to be there to get them. Do you think that would get the same reaction?
1: No, I think, I think that would be, I think people would think that was kind of cool. Um, especially if you're raffling them off, you know, like anyone could get it there, you know, like, and, But those decks are also available to anyone, anywhere. Anyone could buy those decks. Anyone could open those decks.
0: I mean, it's the same availability, right? So on the one hand, you're saying anybody can get them because now they're aftermarket decks and uh, you could theoretically go buy them. Uh, But anyone
1: could have opened those at any point.
0: Anyone could have opened them, but at the time, so we could take a step back. Let's say Ghost Galaxy in this scenario goes out and picks up five awesome decks they're gone. They're gone from the world's ability to collect those, to get those decks, right? Those are in GG pockets, right? So GG offering them out at that point is uh, is saying uh, like, these decks are never getting printed again, card for card. Uh, we're going to give them away as prizes only to Voltor attendees. I don't think you get the same reaction. And I'm not saying this is exactly the same, but in terms of like, handing out exclusive power level things like i think it's very problematic if the if the vault master decks are truly just way better than everything else Because then like okay yeah, you go to a vault tour okay. and now all of a sudden you're winning everything i saw some very good decks i'm not sure i saw any that i'm like this is clearly better than anything i saw in the latter rounds of day one at the vault tour you know mm-hmm so i I guess I guess the question is, are we are we concerned because of the power level? Are we concerned because it's uh, because it's this like new collectible thing that not everybody has had a chance to get? Like these are maybe slightly different, the combination, I think, is what is irking folks. Um, but yeah, I don't know i th- I, I kind of think that it was it was a very natural thing for GG to do. I mean they they printed Unchained got a huge reaction like, Oh, these are awesome. Like love on chain, love seeing the mashups. Uh, and it's just like this supernatural step to me. Like, okay, well we're going to make these other mashup decks and they're in a position where, well, we can't, we just released. Whoa. It'd be kind of weird to like have this new set pulling focus. Like, can we do a thing with this, this idea? So I don't know. I, uh, I get the, I get the concerns. I think if they are indeed just so much better, that's, that's probably problematic. Um, I'm not convinced they are it is just like a super yeah. set yet. Yeah. yeah.
1: The jury's out on that, yeah.
0: The jury's out on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think like any key forage set, right, there's gonna be a distribution. I don't know I don't know where the average will fall, but I think the real issue is the availability of the decks. And I think that's what they need to work on is making these decks available to everyone and equaling the playing field. So mm-hmm. that that's what I would think that they should focus on, not so necessarily having these decks but making them available to everyone in all regions to have access to them. That's what. That's where I would stay on this topic. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think the problem hopefully goes away a little bit as yep. some of the some more vault Tours happen. You know, there's the like, oh gosh, the U.S. is getting it first again and that, that feels bad. Um, yeah. Like that feels bad for sure, especially as, you know, folks on our team and a lot of our friends haven't gotten their pledge decks yet, you know? And it's like, like, okay, more like now these guys are getting more cool toys. Like great. Thanks. Like there's, there's definitely that. And Mm -hmm. that's a a fair sentiment, like totally fair sentiment. Um, I would have loved to, you know, pick up a handful of these and, and ship them off to folks, you know, um, if they were there for the buying. Um, but so I know, uh, I think it was a fair sentiment, and the moment that they said these are going to be legal in tournaments, I had sort of like this sinking feeling of like, yeah, like they're really cool. It's an awesome idea. There's gonna be there's gonna be um, some backlash. I hope you're I hope you're prepared <laughs> for this backlash. Yeah. Um, a question that came through uh, in the chat a little while back that I want to address. I did I did talk to some folks at the event um, who who were able to say that uh the vault master decks did go through some some playtesting um i don't know to the extent and didn't, didn't poke or pry and uh but the, hopefully that's hopefully that's something um yeah. so we'll see
1: i heard that as well from other people um so it, it is not the case that they were not play tested. so they were playtested um mm. but it, we don't even i mean i guess we have filled in the blanks i think uh players have filled in the blanks of of what all is in this set so it's gonna be a matter of time before we figure out like what is the overall like card pool and the average power level um and do some analysis probably through decks of keyforge to kind of see like where does this land overall um but i i'm not going to be playing this these decks in my local organized play um Mm. i'm not going to be playing them i don't know i i don't want to it doesn't seem fair if they are stronger that Mm. like none of my locals had a chance to get them I'm not going to play them, um, and then maybe if I go to a Vault Tour again uh, and someone else is playing one, I'm going to have no idea like what kind of combo combos to look out for because like this is a totally different card pool yeah. and it's going to just kind of change your approach. Like it it felt neat when there was like each set had its own unique feel to it, and this is like a little bit of everything, and you don't really have a chance to practice against this kind of thing because no yeah. one's going to be playing it until they get to a Vault Tour, and then suddenly. Oh, it's technically legal. So mm. you're going to have people playing these decks. That part, that, that's a that, fair point. that
0: part does bother me more than some of the other things. I think the unchained idea was really cool and really, really spoke to me from sort of a, like, let's, let's get wacky for a little bit kind of mindset. Um, from a competitive standpoint, I, I don't like the idea of eroding like set identity. Um, like mm-hmm. legacies yeah. are great because it's small quantities. Um, but when uh, you're breaking down if you're breaking down a lot of these uh a lot of these kind of barriers and safeguards then you just got to be super super careful uh on the on the balancing side as you're putting yeah. a list together yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see um you know there's not been an announcement i don't think an official announcement yet from ghost galaxy saying anything about these you know print run size how they're expecting to make them uh, you know, if, if there's going to be limits on how many you can buy at vault tours or or what? I mean, it may it may come out that uh, this the Philadelphia one was the the vault tour where you had the least access, and will be on the other side of it. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um.
1: So, yeah, I I don't know. Do you guys have any more to say on the Vault Master decks? I feel like they've been a hot topic the last couple of days. But um, there's one other one other piece of drama that we wanted to talk about
0: <laughs> only that i'm i'm kind of looking forward to seeing the official kind of press release on these yeah. and kind of what the what the take is yeah yeah
1: we ha- yeah. we we got another vault tour announcement yesterday from ghost galaxy which was cool um especially the international ones uh very happy about that but i haven't really seen any official press from them from the weekend um it took it took players to put together deck lists and share like the top eight i didn't see anything posted by ghost galaxy anywhere else whether social media or their website
2: i I haven't seen anything
1: no yeah well um the last piece i did want to talk about was was alliance um and there was a very very large discrepancy in in the size of the archon event versus the alliance event um i forget i think we may have guessed a couple weeks ago when we talked about this and we, i think we may have guessed that it was going to be like 25 percent of the archon pool is that what one of you guys said
0: i definitely put the woe numbers at 20 25 which we'll get to i guess in a little bit i don't recall yeah. what we had said for alliance definitely lower yeah. maybe maybe a, lower around that range sounds right
1: yeah turned out to be uh 99 players in archon and 19 in alliance which is a pretty stark difference and also consider that a few of the players were going to play archon decided at the last minute to switch over to alliance because there was only you know around 15 or so at that time and they're like well i have a pretty good shot at making top cut for that and coming home with some money if they switched over so, of those 19, there were some diehards, some some very good Alliance players, some people who, who love it, and not to take anything away from them. Um, but it's I think it's a little telling to see the difference in, in size for those two events.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. And I was talking with some players in line during registration. This was a topic where we we're, were walking towards trying to decide which event we wanted to sign up for officially. And even still, a lot of players are saying they like their odds at a 99-player Archon tournament versus a 15-player. Alliance tournament, so yeah, I don't know. I thought that was very telling.
1: I I expected the uh, yeah, I expected the alliance power level to be a lot higher. Um, I saw some of the lists and I thought, man, like I could have, I could have competed with those, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, well. But I didn't do any prep. I didn't do any preparation for it, so I was I wasn't ready. even considering no. switching. Uh, I just didn't know what I was getting into, so there was no way I was gonna pivot yeah. at the last second on my my Vault Tour experience and change over to a format I'd never even played. Well,
0: by that mean, you mean there was less combo than you expected, <laughs> probably. I yes, don't know.
1: I, I fully yeah. expected Alliance to be all combo. And every Alliance deck I've ever thought about making is a combo. And there were a couple combo decks in there, um, but a lot of the top eight was not even combos. Hmm.
0: Yeah, surprised me as well. Uh, and on the uh, on the Archon side as well, there were there were a whole lot less Martian generosities. I know of one Martian generosity that got played, and it was not paired by paired with a key abduction, um, That's crazy. hypnotic command, I think. But no key abduction. I didn't see any Jenka. Not to say that I wasn't there. I just didn't see any. I didn't see any brig combo. I didn't see any. I mean, I don't know, heart of the forest. I didn't see any sort of your traditional combo combo uh i guess you know there was mm, library access battle fleet uh, but yeah two in the top eight right notably so yeah yeah
1: yeah two in the top eight i was shocked at the lack of of jenka like i really thought that i think i even said this a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. that jenka i thought was going to be like extremely popular um another thing that i was surprised that i didn't run into and maybe it just had to do with random chance was um not very much Eaton's jar and infernus I thought they would be Mm -hmm. everywhere, and that really, like, turned me off from playing one of my favorite decks, uh, an Evil Twin Chronophage deck, and uh, I was so afraid of Eaton's Jar and Infernus, and I did not see an Infernus until my very last match of the day, um, when I got eliminated by Ewok Jr., Um, and JT, I know you played Eaton's Jar and Infernus in yours, Um, I expected more decks like that to be showing up, and there weren't nearly as many as I thought
2: yeah i didn't see them a whole lot in the earlier stages of the tournament but then as we progressed down to the narrowing down in the the losers bracket i started seeing more Infernus, more more control elements definitely at the top of the higher table so
0: yeah i faced one other deck with infernus and no other jars yeah so interesting not the field i would have would have anticipated and and yeah, you know, comment from the chat that the online field is is tougher than IRL. So I guess that checks out. I think I think that's largely true, though. Um, I think that's largely true uh, for like a large event like this. You're going to see folks coming coming out for the experience who may not be there uh, with you know lots of prep, expecting to win or hoping to win necessarily, but hoping to have you know a, a good time and, and play some competitive games, but maybe not have had. You know, crawling the secondary market, opening lots of decks, or grinding with their favorite to really eke out an advantage. Um, I played against at least one person who had who had who saw got to see um, gigantic creatures for the first time in our in our match. Um, so that was that was cool, and there were there were definitely people who were there and and relatively new, and that was that was pretty pretty awesome to see, frankly. Um, but in terms of sort of anecdotal meta analysis, right? Uh, I don't know if we kind of want to transition there, but Um, yeah, I faced two winds of exchange opponents, uh, which accounted for roughly for a third of my game, my matches. So a third of the decks that I faced, um, on day one, right. were winds of exchange also, you know, a a strong showing of, of coda and mass mutation for me. Um, uh, that kind of rounds out my, my opponent list, right. So about a third of each, a third of each, um, which I I guess that's kind of in line with what I had predicted for winds of exchange, right? I think we had said 20 to 25% from both the, um, the day one and top cut. Um, I don't, I don't know that I believe that really matches the field for day one. Did you, do you guys have really a sense for what, what percentage of the field look like winds of exchange on day one?
2: Uh, I thought the Winds of Exchange for was lower, although I did face also two Winds of Exchange opponents. Uh, I faced one in round two. I've got my teeth kicked in. All <laughs> 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 and I faced a Berserker deck in round four. But then it was Mass mutation from there on out for me, Mass mutation, Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, I definitely saw some there, some ooh, Prospector decks running around.
1: Yeah, the Prospector made top about. eight.
2: You know what's funny about this player? I'll, I'll give you guys an anecdote. So I played this player in the sealed event the day prior on the Friday. He opened this prospector deck. So we're playing together, and he's like, "You know, I brought this mass mutation deck that I bought. Online. It doesn't feel so good. I think I'm just going to play this prospector deck tomorrow, and we'll see how we do." And I, ran, I bumped into him like on, I bumped into him like on round ten. And he goes, "Hey man, I made top eight. <laughs> Turns out prospectors are great."
1: <laughs> Turns out.
2: Oh my gosh. Woe is going to be a problem.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't think no, so. I I, yeah. I played a, about the same ratio. I I think around 25% is like a pretty good guess for how much Woe there was. Um, I don't remember one of my matches, but I played in total seven games. Two or three of them were Woe. One was AOA. One was World Collide. And I, and I think just two were Mass Mutation. So um, I, I saw more Woe than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still probably like 25 to 30 percent of the field i think yeah. based on what i could see
0: there were folks playing their their key their savior of key Forge decks there were folks playing decks they, they had opened the previous day i mean yeah i think the next vault tour is going to be super telling uh, there just wasn't time or availability yet for a lot of a lot of the tryhards to really go deep on winds of exchange um and and like find a banger that they were comfortable with sitting behind for um, for ten rounds. Not to say that yeah. there weren't some very very uh, uh, bold folks who opened great sealed decks on Friday, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I, there are definitely a lot of players that were playing fun decks at least for their, for this vault tour, and perhaps later vault tours might get a little sweatier, So we'll see. Yeah.
1: yeah. One thing I think we were all right about was Coda. Coda was present and it was a force to be reckoned with. I thought not just obviously Flaming Hobo, who won with a great Coda deck. Um, Jupiter had a great run with his Coda deck. There were a few others that were all around. Like it was definitely, you know, don't don't let people uh, fool you into thinking that Coda is the oldest set and it's not good anymore. It's definitely it definitely packs a punch. Yeah.
2: Yeah, bursting for amber and forging keys at seven is still pretty good. Still pretty
0: good. Still pretty good, and going to play into some of the strengths of win- some of the weaknesses of Winds of Exchange. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. I think. I think so. Yeah,
2: I think so too. That's a great
0: point. You know, Flaming Hobo's deck featured an Annihilation Ritual, which I I don't know if that was a. a specific meta call or, some, or something that kind of nudged him to play in that deck i should have asked him before we hopped on mm, um great question mm, so
1: i'm willing to bet it was a happy accident
0: happy yeah. accident uh, i did nice. i did talk to him during the event and he just said yeah it's been it's been great all day it's just just awesome right now um i don't yeah. know if he if yeah we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what he says Not yeah
2: there. Yeah, I yeah. caught him after the last round, so round ten. And he was like, There hasn't been a match, I don't play this card. Now. <laughs> I guess you're a fan. <laughs> so just windmill slam annihilation ritual. I like it.
1: Nice. Good
0: for chopping up tokens. Well well, cool. How do you, how did you all feel about your deck's choice at the end of the day? If you if you went to go and do it over, would you play the same deck?
2: Uh I would. I think with so i guess with looking back with the knowledge i had now i i could have picked a better deck for the meta i probably would have done better if i had chosen uh maybe seamstress or maybe even true loser would have done better but i had a lot of fun the deck that i chose i think that you know it was fun it was very thematic to triumph with a bunch of dinos in the table and uh, <laughs> caught a lot of people off guard and i think it was uh yeah that sort of uh Made, made the day for me so I thought it was a good experience overall playing that deck.
0: Uh,
1: I, I liked my choice. Um, I don't regret it. It's a great deck. Um, I was just a couple you know good draws, bad draws away from having a great run. Like I lost my first game on a really insane like end of the game where I, I set up my deck perfectly to have a chain gang, two subtle chains and Ronnie in hand at the end of the game. I went to check at nine thinking I'm totally safe, even if they take me off. Turns out my opponent had a lateral shift, a talent scout and a generous offer. And they played my Ronnie, they played my chain gang. And uh, I had to trust no one as well, which wasn't even enough. A trust no one for three after all that still wasn't enough. Um, and so like, that was like such a, a crazy swing to have all of those cards at once. Like I was that close to winning that, that first game, which as we talked about earlier, would have kind of changed the trajectory of, of the event. So, all that to say that, no, I don't regret the deck choice, but I do feel like I wish I would have played Dark Tidings. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Murph?
0: Hear that. Yeah,
1: it's true. It's true. Like, I had a Dark Tidings deck that I, like I said, was, um, I felt great about it. It's one of my best decks. I was just afraid of Eaton's Jar and Infernus, and I never could have known in hindsight that I was not going to play them until round nine, but... Um, that's the only thing I can say like hindsight's 2020 20, and uh, I don't regret the choice that I made, but it would have been pretty cool if I had dark tidings.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What about you JT?
0: Uh, no, no regrets on deck choice. I would probably run that deck again. I would probably get more IRL reps with it beforehand. Uh, for the yeah. next one, it was a very different experience playing this deck IRL in a competitive <laughs> setting than, uh, than online. Um, I think it was actually fairly well positioned, uh, though. I I did lose my I did pick up my second loss on time tiebreakers, um, which which feels bad. Always feels bad when you're like, uh, I mean, at the time I had uh, my my entire deck between hand and archives minus what was on the board, and my board was quite wide, you know, spilling off the playmat with you know gravitron bouncing up and down, um, but you know didn't have the extra amber or two to eka to head on tiebreakers. Um so but what are you gonna do? I I went in knowing that I was playing a very slow, grindy deck, and the goal is to win within the time that you've got and not uh and not to have a very impressive board position at the end of that time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if I had one regret, it was or not not regret, but if I had one reservation about choosing that same deck, it's that uh i'm i'm going to have to be coming from behind and often the games are going to be going quite long uh -hmm. and just knowing that i can turn the tide quickly enough uh is tricky it's tricky yeah 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 Mm
1: uh i didn't have any games go to time was pretty pretty proud of that um i did play an italian deck and had the master vault open the entire day um didn't have any issues all my opponents were good sports um they were happy to they had translations right in front of them all the time i tried to make it as easy as i could for them um so uh, yeah I, um i think a few people had said like you know to be careful about playing a foreign language deck in a big tournament because there might be players who don't know all the cards and it, you could go mm-hmm. to time um but I, I did run into some opponents who weren't familiar with everything but um didn't pose an issue um it's a, it's a fairly fast deck anyway so uh mm-hmm. I had no issues with it, thankfully. Um, if I would have played my Chronophage deck, might have had a couple more games to go to time with that one.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally, I could I could see that for sure. And yeah, it's tough to uh, it's tough to lose for want of five minutes after waiting multiple hours <laughs> for rounds <France> to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! Oh dear! Well, uh, was the lateral shift uh, 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 ex- when exchange officer? No talent
1: talent scout uh, it was an equidon lateral shift uh-huh. and it was an equidon talent scout
0: is this Ooh. is this the um is this the billion dollar plan five dollar blunder or do you have something something in mind no, for us?
1: no i have another one um in my elimination game you know i that was a billion dollar plan and uh there i don't think i had a blunder in that first game it just that's 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 keyforge sometimes mm-hmm. um but it was as we've said a few times it was a very long day and i was very happy with my play all day i get to my round nine game against ewok jr who is a fantastic player really nice guy i loved playing against him and uh he had a mass mutation deck he had a couple in furnace and he had uh, a cyber clone as well and uh i so the deck i was playing is a it's a world's collide deck with i mentioned the chain gangs And it's uh, it's sometimes we literally have turns where I discard three or four Star Alliance cards and do nothing else. And it's all kind of like setting up um, to have a a small board with the the trust no ones to try to like dig for your chain gang and subtle chain to get them together to get some value out of them and to get the subtle chains back to set up your disruption again. And so I'm going through these turns of, of kind of handcrafting and setup like that. And I'm down to, like, four cards in deck. And I look through my discard, and I'm, like, pretty sure that I've got my second chain gang still in the bottom of the deck. And I was like, I just got to draw to my bottom of my deck, and I'm fine. And I I discard my cards. I kind of, like, just essentially just time walk myself. And I get to the bottom of my deck, and there's no chain gang there. And I'm like, what happened to my chain gang? And I look over to the side at the purge pile, and uh, he's waving at me. It says <laughs> Cyberclone got him pretty good earlier in that game. And, uh, I, I kind of like, I knew it was pretty much over at that point. Um, I, if I would have found it, I think it could have changed things quite a bit. Um, I was just frantically digging that game for the answers and they were never going to be found. (laughs) So that was my billion dollar plan, $5 blunder from the weekend.
0: Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll give you a pass. It was a long day indeed. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, wow, I wonder. I wonder if if you would have uh, clicked open your deck on TCO at some point and looked for it to count. Yes, I, w-
1: uh, I would not have made that same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I even joked with someone during the day. It's like it's so much easier on TCO. You can just like pick up your deck and look at it and know exactly what's coming. But yeah. I was uh, sifting through my discard pile quite a lot this weekend.
0: Yeah, I need. I need very often play, especially with Zager. Um, I very often play with like disc uh, discard deck and archives like all open you know, kind of all all, all info in the heads-up display. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a very different experience, like, okay, let's go through the discard pile, put that down, let's go through the archives, put that down. Okay, what's left in my deck? And, you know, also had situations where I've got... This big old pile of archives over here, and then the, like the deck's empty, and you're like, "Where the heck is my archives?" And you're like, "Oh wait, the arc—that's not my deck. That's my archives." You know, <laughs> I need the, like yeah. the like floating label <laughs> to tell me which pile is yeah. what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you have like three piles of ten on your on, and the table in front of you, and you have no idea which ones which. Uh, yeah, a deck is pretty crazy sometimes.
0: Dear opponent, do you know where my deck is?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ju- need to judge, need a judge try. to tell me which ones my deck. I need a judge. Yeah
0: i I want to look at this pile but i'm not sure if it's my deck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so good one well that was a that was a worthy billion dollar plan five dollar blender quick draw indeed mm-hmm. um did you have one or should we head on over to our sponsors uh um wrap?
2: <laughs> i, I- I do I do have one I wasn't uh, I wasn't aware of it until my opponent you know reminded me of it after the match but uh, I lost uh, I think my round eight match with uh, by like two Ambers. So it was very close I was round a key three and I was ready to triumph so it was very very tight game and I get to the end of the match and my opponent was like, you know I was really surprised you didn't pull your archives last turn to maybe Forge for eight and I was like Forge for eight like why would I pull my archives well you used your code monkeys to archive your your Center Chief Garcia like three turns ago. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I looked open and saw the answers in my archives, and I go. Oh, that was just a oh. good lesson. So, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, I would have been happy losing that match until my opponent pointed that out to then I was oh. separating it over. You're, you're, the
0: you're sitting there like, I played that well. They're <laughs> like, oh, hey, buddy, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am <laughs> scratching his head. There was one other big misplay that you made uh, earlier on in the tournament. Right. Your opponent played turn one uh, Halifest and then you did not immediately pick up their deck and consume all of the Bracken cards. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. You take, take four chains, that eat four cards. That was the point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. my God.
0: That'll, yeah. that'll learn you for next time. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Halifest, Bracken. Heart- Yummy.
2: Hard Mulligans to six, and then smiles and says, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, what do you have for me? But uh, it was an interesting card. Interesting card play again. Turns out the Bravnar Band is very good, very strong.
1: strong
0: Yeah. Bravnar Band is great.
1: Very hard to deal with. You need like a a piece of targeted C and a board wipe at the same time to get rid of the Harmful Tune first, or you need just two board wipes, which it's pretty nuts. Yeah, I've seen Harmala tune in my nightmares
2: for the past few <laughs> nights. You know, you know, even salt more salt in the wound. The the Vault Master deck that it opened had Harmala had the fest <laughs> in it. <laughs> <laughs> the universe trying to tell me something. That's a pretty sweet pull, though.
0: That's what? a cool. That's cool, cool, a cool pull.
2: Cool yeah, it was a very cool deck. Yeah.
0: Well, right on, right on. Well, yeah, I uh, I hope I hope uh, some of our the uh, I don't know feedback that we delivered in the um, the middle part of the sandwich, the bread and and meat and, uh, uh, cheese, you know, wasn't, it wasn't a downer for folks, but I thought it was important to get out there. There was overall an awesome experience, uh, from my side. So I want to just kind of highlight, highlight that underline that, uh, very positive experience overall for me personally. Um, uh, and yeah, some, some things that, you know, like love for, love for and encourage folks to also voice voice their opinions on through the best ways to be heard on the, on the feedback there feedback form.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Should we, should we wrap things up then? We're feeling pretty good.
1: Yeah. Who's our sponsor this evening?
0: Well, uh, this episode of bottom of the beaker is brought to you by the Amber Brewers infusion kit, uh, calling all inspiring Amber Brewers, unleash your inner alchemist. Uh, with the Amber Brewer Infusion Kit, crafted by the most esteemed crucible mixologists, uh, this kit contains a selection of rare botanicals and elemental extracts that will turn your brewing <laughs> experiments into amber-fueled masterpieces. From the subtle notes of sanctum sarsaparilla to the fiery kick of untamed ghost hawk peppers, the Amber Brew Infusion Kit will redefine the way you taste victory. Thank you, Amber Bruin Fusion Kit, for sponsoring this episode of Bottom of the Beaker. Uh, and hey, folks, uh, if you like Bottom of the Beaker, or if you don't, I don't care, come anyway, you can hang out with us at twitch.tv slash sloppylabwork. We record live Tuesday evenings at 9.30 Eastern. Uh, if you want to catch uh, archives of our past shows, head over to youtube.com, search for at sloppylabwork there. You'll find our streams and past recordings. Uh, for the very best content, scrape from the bottom of the beaker 34, uh, no, no, 57 times. Search for that very phrase in your podcatcher of choice and you'll find us there. Uh, very sleepy from getting home late from the last vault tour, but ready to hang out with you nonetheless. And uh, any any parting words from you, Strusel?
2: Yeah, I hate Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and Quickdraw, how about for the folks getting off the last audio stop?
1: Uh, Stay sloppy, everyone. Thanks for listening.